Welcome everyone watching online. Welcome to the Gathering family. So it was 2002. I was living in the great Buckeye state of Ohio with my family. My wife and I had just, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a Buckeye. And we just, we, we were a couple years into our teaching career. She was at a different school. We were you know, both teaching. And I was going back to school at night to get my master's degree because the plan was, is that I was going to be a principal. <laughs> a principal. And so she could stay home and be a stay-at-home mom, which was her heart's desire. And so everything was perfect. Everything was going as planned. We just had our first kid. Gavin, who just sang, everything was going according to plan. And then God did what God often does. He went to the tool shed and he got one of his favorite tools out. The tiller. <laughs> and he started tilling the soil of my heart. He began to say, you kind of stir it up that soil and, and, and whisper, I want you to go full time. I was in, a, I was doing part time in this evangelistic music, this music ministry. Where, and he, he wanted me to go full time, but that would involve leaving my day job and my plan and my gig. And how many know? Sometimes when God tills up, you, you almost want to disappoint God more than you want to disappoint your spouse. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know that's not godly. I'm just saying, sometimes you feel like, you know, you feel the teeth of the tiller. And I know I was about to break my wife's heart. And so I sat her down in the living room. And I said, sweetheart, I feel like God's just, you know, tilling up some soil. And he's, he's stirring me to, to leave teaching and go full time with this music ministry that God has called me. And her just, she's like... And then she starts crying. And how many men you know, it's not just because it's Mother's Day, but any day your wife gets to crying, the chin gets to quivering, and you feel so small. But yet I felt God tilling up that soil. And she had some really good questions. You know, what about income? What about insurance? What about retirement? I didn't have any good answers. I just knew what God was doing to the soil of my heart. Is anyone in a, t a, a, a tilling season right now? Anybody there? I know it's Mother's Day and you have to act like you got it all together. Your life's perfect. Your kids are perfect, right? But would anybody say, you know what? I'm in a tilling season right now. Yeah, thank, thank you, brother. Yeah, that's what God was doing. But here's, here's the good news. Here's the good news. And, 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 it, and it's, the, it's, the, it's the title of the message. Ready? There's treasure in the tilling. I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> it should, it should, it should, maybe it could make you laugh, but it should bring you peace to know that there's treasure in the tilling. There's a purpose for which God is tilling the soil. Let me get, you, you, for me and for, for us, God, for the next five years, God would, God would provide. We didn't miss a bill. We didn't miss a payment. We didn't miss a mortgage. God provided in that ministry, I personally led over 10,000 people, young people, to Jesus Christ. It was a powerful ministry. Praise God. But the, honestly, if I'm honest with you, the greatest blessing for me was she started looking at me differently. Now, I'm a words of affirmation guy, but how many of you know there's such thing as a look of affirmation? 
because she went from, I don't know, like, you really going to leave all this to, to, to seeing that, oh my gosh, my husband heard from God. And, and she started looking at me as a, as the spiritual leader of our family. And, and that's a lot of weight men that we carry and, and, and God help us not mess it up and sorry for when we do, but it's something changed. There's a treasure in all of the tilling. Friends, as we uh, wrap up this series, we're in the final week of planted. And is anybody ready for the word of God today? Come on. We gotta get excited about the word of God, man. I got a, a message that God has laid on my heart, but I think sometimes, you know, we're talking about being planted, right? The last week of planted, planted in Jesus. Well, sometimes we're planted in bad soil. Or sometimes we're planted in the wrong soil. Sometimes there's contaminants in the soil that God wants to remove. Sometimes there's nourishment that's missing from our soil and God wants to bring nourishing, nourishment to our soil. And so God tills and he tills and he tills and we feel the teeth of the tiller and we think, well, God, what are you doing? Are you mad at me? And God says, no, no, I'm doing something. There's treasure I'm unearthing. There's treasure in the tilling. John chapter five, today we're gonna get God's word. Uh, John chapter five, we're gonna see a guy who was uh, on some rough soil for 38 years this man was, was struggling on some soil. So there's a pool in the northeast corner of the old city of Jerusalem, the pool of Bethesda. We were there in Israel. It's an awesome uh, site to see if you go there. Um, it's where the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed would, would hang out because there was these magic waters or so they thought. Basically what it was is it was uh, um, the groundwater would raise. When the groundwater raised, they thought it was like medicinal. They thought it was magic. And so these, the people who were, who were lame, they would hang out there and then they would move down to the waters because they thought the waters had some medicinal power. And so this, this gentleman was, who was crippled was there for 38 years. 38 years he hung out there. And Jesus shows up on the scene in John chapter five. When Jesus saw him lying there, and learn that he had been in this condition for a long time. We know it was 38 years because it said so earlier in the text. He asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And when the, in other words, when the water rises, I've got, I've got, I can't move. I've got no one to help me. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, well, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? The man who was healed, had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Lord, I thank you. Thank you that you stopped when most of us would have walked by. Lord God, thank you that you saw past the external imperfection, and you saw the treasure within. Thank you for the tilling that you do. God, help us see the treasure in the tilling today. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing he asks, Jesus says, hey, 
You want to get well? Now, when Jesus asks a question, he's not asking a question because he needs the answer. That's not a question of information. It's a, it's a statement of, of transformation. In other words, do, are you sure you want to get well? Because I'm about to uproot you. I'm about to do some tilling. What was he going to till? He was going to till his routine. 38 years, he had the same routine. He was, he was going to uproot that. He was going to uproot his beliefs. He was going to uproot his theology, his Christology, who he thought Jesus was. He's about to uproot all of that. And here's his reply. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. Isn't that sad? 38 years and he pinned his hopes for healing on the kiddie pool. That's sad. 38 years. And Jesus says to him, new seasons require new soil. New seasons require new soil. I wonder how many of us God's trying to move us into a new season, but we're stuck on the old soil. New seasons require new soil. Have, you, have we developed a mat mentality? I wonder, has anybody developed that? No, no, it couldn't be. Could, maybe it's just me. Like we, we're used to something. We're used to 38 years of doing something. And so we develop, we kind of get used, we kind of get comfortable with our little mat. And we settle for what's known over what's new. God wants to do a new work. He wants to move us on new soil, but we're, we're back, we're back with, with what we know. I mean, after all, I sure like my flip phone. <laughs> I mean, look at that sucker. I mean, that screen, it's at least an inch, but inch and a half size screen. Who wants GPS? Who wants to listen to that girl with the English, English accent, right? Like, I like getting lost. And why would you want to order your food on an app? I, I, I love, I'd re much rather stand in line. Right? Who wants it? Who wants it? And why would I want to check my bank account? I never overdraft it. We love the old. And you know what? Why go to the gym when you got the thigh master? <laughs> this, men, if you buy this for your wife on Mother's Day as a Mother's Day gift, I am going to use it as a, a, a trebuchet with your head at the other end. So, but why go to the gym when you got the thigh master, right? Suzanne's summer's thigh master. <laughs> oh. We're laughing, but we settle for old. How many of us have settled for what we know? We're stuck on our mat. Maybe, maybe your mat is unforgiveness. Maybe it's apathy. Maybe your mat is addiction. But we, we often, we settle for what we know as opposed to moving on to the new soil that God wants to move us on to. You know, I was thinking about mothers and I was thinking about the mat of not enough. Do you, does, does anybody struggle with that mat? I'm not good enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't cook enough. The house isn't clean enough. I, uh, when we moved into our, our house 10 years ago, we, our kids were little, and, and you know, when kids are little, it's just easier. It gets harder. So you young parents, you think you got it all figured out, just come talk to me about five, 10 years, okay? It, it, gets, it gets harder. And uh, life was simple. Our house was clean all the time. So in our master bedroom, we have this thing 
this like long hallway. You open the door and there's like kind of a, like a, this long, I don't know, like 10 or 12 feet before you get actually into the master. And over the last year or so, maybe year, I don't know, year, year and a half, there's things that have been accumulating in that hallway. So, so I, I, I nicknamed it the runway. And, um, and so we have this, you know, just heavy machinery on our runway. And what's interesting is that over the year, soil changes. What you think is important, what you think matters, what you think is essential, it changes. So this week I walked by the runway to see my wife out doing math with Stella, who's a stay-at-home kid on the uh, living room floor. I walked past the runway this week and I saw my wife braiding Riley's hair. I walked by the runway and I saw Cindy making a chicken quesadilla for Gavin because he's super picky. (laughs) I walked past the runway and I saw Cindy at the kitchen table looking at her phone with Levi looking at old pictures because he's nostalgic like that. Does Cindy love a clean house? Yeah. But she loves time with her kids more. We got to learn to give up something you love for something you love more. Realizing that you are enough because Jesus said you are. Philippians 3, 9, for God's way of making us right or making us enough with himself depends on faith. The moment you said yes to Jesus, you were enough. (laughs) Give God praise. Come on. Come on. And, and, and as, I, as I was praying and, and thinking through this, this, this message and what I would share, I saw somebody who's, and, and I don't know who this is for, but you're on soil that's depleted. You're tired. Your soil is depleted. How many of you know that soil has to rest? Back before there was fertilizers, they would rest Farmers would rest their fields. So I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe it's someone online, but you're depleted. And, and God's saying, it's, you need to rest. You need to enter a season of resting. So Jesus was, was exposing this man's soil, right? And, and what was, and I think sometimes, sometimes there's weeds in our soil. And I think the weed that he was trying to expose in this man's soil might have been misbelief. Not unbelief, because he believed in something. He believed in these magic waters. So it wasn't unbelief, it was misbelief. But I also think he was trying to expose who he was around, his friends. Because look what happens. The first thing after he's healed, 38 years, this guy went to the same place, right? 38 years, and the first thing that his friends, the religious leaders, no wonder people don't like church, says to him, and they say, instead of saying, like, let's, let's, call, him, let's call him Mark. Hey, Mark. Whoa, Mark, dude, you're, you're walking. Like, what happened? You know, 38 years. The first thing they say to him is, it's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Which is technically not even really the case. So if you really want to know the truth, Exodus 20.10, the old law would have said you're not to work uh, on the Sabbath and to keep it holy. It's the religious leaders that extrapolated what that actually meant 
right? They, they created a book called the Talmud, which is 613 man-made do's and don'ts, what you can and cannot do on the Sabbath. You, here, let me give you a few of them. You can't tie a knot. You can't look in the mirror. You can't pluck a gray hair. I kid you not. You can't walk more than 3,049 feet. And you can't carry something in public more than six feet. How stupid. See, that's religion. Jesus didn't like religion either, right? He likes a relationship. He, he likes people. But see, we mess it up. People mess it up. Religious leaders, they messed it up. And, and, and what was the weed? The weed was them. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad soil corrupts good soil. I need to, I need to illustrate. I need a Mother's Day illustration. Can, can I get a mother? Can I, can I get a mother to volunteer? Let me get a mother. Oh, why y'all? Y'all are, yeah, come on up here, girl. All right. Come on up here. All right, yeah, yeah. Tell me your name. Brittany. All right, all right, Brittany. So, this is the tiller. I'm not going to use the tiller on you, all right? Because I'm sure God wouldn't be tilling your soil. But, so, do you know what grafting is? Uh, yeah. Oh, do you? What is grafting? Um, okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> I would have said... Yeah, there's different types of grafting. So, put the def- we'll put the definition up for you. So, grafting is the technique that joins two plants into one. When you go get a plant at, at Home Depot, you get like a little, uh, what do you have, an uh, orange tree or a lemon? That's, all, that's been grafted. They take, they take, basically what they do is they take one plant, they wound the plant, they cut it, and you can put, we have a picture of it. They actually cut the plant, and they take another plant and insert it into that wound. Okay, that's what, that's what grafting is. Now, we know that the best thing, Brittany, is to be grafted to who? Don't you say you're a man looking like Kobe Bryant over there. <laughs> All right? Jesus. Jesus. Okay, good, good, good. We got that straight. I, yeah, I just didn't want you to step in that, that hole. Um, so here's what happens. All right. So you, let, me, let me take that little arm of yours. All right? So you experience a wound. Okay. Boom. All right. There we go. So you're wounded. And we want to graft to Jesus. Right? We want that, that's what, but the reality is a lot of us, as is the case with the man for 38 years, he grafted to some funky friends. Like he grafted to some things, and, and I think it's healthy to expose some of our ungodly grafts. Yeah. You, know, you know what a lot of people, a, a lot of women graft to? A lot of things. A lot of things. <laughs> of which, or of whom? <laughs> Mr. This is, Mr. this is your husband. No, this is, well, I don't know. You tell me. His name, is, his, his name is Mr. Perfect, so you tell me if he's your husband. And I don't know what's going on with his face. He's got like a little fu- face fungus. I don't know. He fell. He fell. Okay. So, so a lot of people graft to Jerry Maguire. You complete me. Right? No, no. That's, but, but some people think that. Romans 15, 13 says our hope is in Jesus, not a person. And so often we put our hope in Mr. Perfect, think that he's going to make everything right. And, and you know what's interesting? For those of you who, who garden, you know this. Below the graft, like they, they cut the branch, but below the, 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 where they graft the two, two together and become one, below that, there's little branches that can come out and mess everything up. You know what they're called? 
Yeah, you said it. You can say it in church. Root stock suckers. Or you can just call them suckers. And I think sometimes we graft to suckers. Now, I'm not talking about you, brother. Okay. <laughs> but but that's, that's, you know, we look for completion in, in a person. Okay? We also graft to social media. Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one, right? Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to Twitter, all you who are weary, and Elon will give you rest. I actually might actually get a Twitter account, to be honest. I've never had one before, but I'm thinking about it. Um, but, you know, we look for, for affirmation that we're supposed to be getting from Jesus because we're grafted to him. But if we're not, we begin to look for that in all the wrong places. And so if, I, if you get that just angled just right, there you go. Do this with your lips. There, there we go. Right? And you get it. And then, and, oh, and then hit the, you got to put a filter on it. Always. Always, always put a filter on, Right? But we look for we look for that in in in, in on social media, and and we graft to that. You know, we graft to a substance. Now these these are just gummy bears, okay? Now these are good gummy bears. These aren't. But but you know a lot of people have the gummy bears that have the stuff in them. Yeah. No, those are the good ones. The other ones are the good ones. Now. I will say it doesn't have any of that stuff in it, but it also has no nutritional value. Yeah. But it's, it's Mother's Day, so I hereby absolve you from any caloric uh, restrictions. No calories. No calories. Okay. Eat whatever you want today, ladies. It's your day. Jordan said the donuts didn't count today. He said what? The donuts didn't count this morning as calories. Oh, Jordan said that? <laughs> Easy to say for him. You're one donut away from splitting those jeans, buddy. <laughs> Whew. Thank you, Lord. So Galatians 6.2 says, bear each other's burdens, but that's not the kind of bear God was talking about. But yet sometimes we, we look to a substance instead of grafting to Jesus. And, and, it's, and we're joking, but it's, yeah, but it's sad because how many people do you know? Don't raise your hand, but like, how many do you know that like, they're looking for fulfillment? They're looking for the affirmation in, in a substance. And it only helps them feel good for a little time because the gummy bear, they wear off. Give her a hand, would you? Brittany, come on. You can keep the gummy bears. Here's what I'm trying to say. Your graft often shapes your pet. Look at what a gentleman. Look at them escorting him. Wow. Come on. Yes, chivalry is not dead, y'all. So your, 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 your graft often shapes your path. Anybody, anybody adopted? You adopted? Your, your, your graft, who you graft with, shapes your path. And I thank God for godly parents who adopt people because it shapes their path. It's a trick question. We've all been adopted. Romans eleven seventeen, And you Gentiles, that's us. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Two groups. We're branches from a wild olive tree. God grafted have been grafted in. So you now also receive the blessing God has promised uh, Abraham and his children sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. We have been grafted in on that blessing, Genesis 12. What's that blessing that he promised? That through, through us, well, was the nation of Israel, now it's Jew and Gentile believers, that nations would be blessed. Are we seeing that? 
We're seeing that America, a Christian nation, has been a blessing. You say, but yeah, we got some weeds. We do have some weeds. And everyone's saying, oh, what, what's happening to America? God has abandoned. I don't know. No, no, no. I don't think so. For the first time since 1973, Roe v. Wade is on the table. God is alive and well and moving us into new soil because new soil, it, it creates a new rhythm. I think a lot of us were stuck. If we're honest, we just say, man, I just feel like I'm stuck and I, I need to get on new soil. I need to get into a new rhythm. So early in the 20th century, scientists, scientists began researching drug addiction by conducting rat experiments. They placed a rat in an empty small cage and they put two water bottles in that cage. One water bottle was just water. The other water bottle was laced with either uh, cocaine or heroin. And almost 100% of the rats chose the water bottle laced with drugs, and almost 100% of the rats died as a result. So in 1970s, uh, Bruce Alexander came along. He's a professor of psychology in Vancouver. And he said, I'm gonna change their, their environment. I'm gonna bring some, some new soil into the cage. And so he, he actually built a, a big ca a cage called Rat Park. We have a picture of it. It had cheese, has tunnels, it has toys. It had other rats present, but yet it still had the two bottles, one with clean water, the other water laced with drugs. Well, don't you know that the experiment led to, to almost 100% change Almost 100. The rats in Rat Park almost never drank the drugged water, and those who did did not drink it compulsively, and they went from 100% overdose rate to almost zero. What changed? They thrived not by what was absent, but rather they thrived by what was present. The bottles never left. Your trials, they're never going to leave. That temptation, probably not going to leave. That nut job on Bell Road who cut you off on the way here, probably still going to be there. New soil is added. And God is saying, you need to move into a new season. And to bring you into a new season, I need some new soil. You need some new soil in your life. You need some rats in your life. You know how you hang around with rats? You go to the group counter. <laughs> And you sign up for one of the groups or you sign up to serve. There's rats showing up here at 5 a.m. this morning. I thank God they did or none of this actually happens, right? So be around people. Be around people that are gonna lift you up. Be a part of groups. Be a part of serve. Be a part of the women's brunch. That's new seasons. New seasons require new soil. So then, verse eight, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Now, I want you to think about that statement for a second. Something's, something seems amiss in that statement. Get up, pick up your mat. And why pick up the mat? All he wanted, the man wanted, was to be healed. I mean, God, just, just, just fix my feet. God says, no, 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 no. I got to go deeper. I, I, I got I to go deeper than your feet. I know we want a feet fix. But sometimes we need a faith fix. See, there's way more going on than just his feet. And I'm not minimizing physical infirmity. Like, that's a big deal. But God looked deeper. See, a deeper endeavor equals a greater treasure. 
You want a great treasure from God? He's got to go deeper. Got to go deeper. It might be painful. You might feel the teeth of the tiller digging into the roots of your soil, but that's where the great blessing is. And, and I think the mistake that we make is that we leave, as we step into a new season, we leave our roots behind. Back in uh, 2007, so after I'd been with this music ministry for, for five more years full-time, I ended up interviewing for a, a job in, in California. And uh, I interviewed in, in actually in December. And it was, it was great, it went well, and they offered me the job, and I took it. And we didn't move till late February of, of, of 2007. So it was just a couple months later. The problem was, is when we went to move and load up the U-Haul, See, I built my wife this beautiful, and kids, this beautiful swing set. I just completed it like a few months prior. And I, I, I wanted to take that swing set with me. I was proud of that thing, and I was cheap. <laughs> and so I went to go remove the swing set. It's, it's in Ohio. I don't know if you've lived in Ohio, but it's cold in Ohio. And so I'm out there. There's snow on the ground, and I'm like, <clears throat> trying to pull the, you know, it's one of those nice wood ones. You, I mean, it was, it was a nice one. It wasn't like, you know, a funky little twin. I mean, I did it right. But I couldn't get it, the, 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 so I did what any man would do. Which was awesome on the Ohio end of the trip but I paid for when I got to California because when I got to California, I set up this, this swing set and I know you think a chachi joke is coming. <laughs> Not gonna happen. But I did have to put a sign, you have to be under 42 inches to use my swing set. <laughs> because it was like so small because I left the foundation back in Ohio in the frozen soil. And I think sometimes when, when is exactly what we do. I'm ready to go to a new season. I'm ready to step into something. You have something good for me, right? And we just cut it right off. And God's like, what about your roots? What about that thing that, that I wanted you to, to learn in that other season? You just, which is why Jesus says, pick up your mat. Because I think Jesus knew that had he not picked up his mat, the very next day, he would have been right there like he's always, always had been right back on that mat. You say, well, wait a second, Pastor John, what do you mean? He's healed. Well, he's healed physically, but his roots are connected to that mat. And I wonder how many times we leave roots behind, which is why he said to him, he saw him, he said, saw him in the temple, see you are well again. He said, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The root of the problem wasn't his feet. The root of the problem is the same root of our problem. It's always sin. Which is why I say that good people don't get to heaven. Forgiven people get to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. So sometimes old roots, they create new ruts. Some of you are you're stepping into a new season. And maybe you've already stepped into a new season, but you feel like there's a rut here. That's because you left your roots behind. So sometimes, you know what we do? 
This is crazy. We provision our own relapse by leaving roots behind. Think about that. Like an alcoholic. I've been clean for, for four months, but she got a little fifth of whiskey in the little secret compartment in the garage just in case you leave something behind. Or the person who struggles with lust, I've been, I've been doing a good job, but you know what? I, I do have that one file on my computer I didn't get rid of. Or the person who, who, who gets divorced, goes through a divorce, and, and like, I've forgiven the whole world except for that guy. You left some roots behind. You're doing time for somebody else's crime. The person you're punishing is yourself. You experienced trauma, and God wanted you to learn something through that trauma, but what'd you do? You stuffed it, you stuffed it, you stuffed it, and you just moved on. And God said, yeah, but I, there's some roots there. Like, I, I wanted to teach you something. I wanted you to learn something. I wanted you to grow through that, but you stuffed it, and you moved on. Moms, I think, I think identity sometimes is left. Roots are left in our children. Now, I know that's a maternal thing. It's, a, it's, an, it's an instinct. But be careful. You don't lose yourself and live vicariously through your kids or your spouse. You see, when the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus, she was unclean. It would be against law for, for her to touch Jesus, for Jesus to touch him, against Levitical law. And yet, after she touched his garment, What's the first word? The first word that Jesus said to this pariah. That's how she was looked upon by everyone else. Unclean! He turned to her and he said, daughter. That's who you are before God, women. There's no moms in heaven. There's no wives in heaven. They're just sons and daughters. And so when that oxygen mask falls from the plane above you, I know you want to put it on your children. And God bless you for doing that. But don't you forget to put that oxygen mask on yourself. You are a daughter of the Most High God, and you matter immensely to our Creator. So... Uh, in 2018, I was, uh, I was sitting on the porch. Cindy and I were sitting on the porch. We'd been here for seven years. I went through a church transition, some church hurt. I was mad, I was hurt, and I wanted to get the heck out of surprise. And so I had interviewed at a church. I was offered the job. All I needed to do was say yes. They were calling back that night. They were calling, bring. And before they called, I called my mentor because I was struggling because I felt God saying, plant this church, the new soil. Is, is here but yet I wanted to get out of town because surprise it represented a hurt it represented a, a wound and I'll never forget what my mentor said I want to share it with you today because I think it's for someone he said we're not called from something we're called to something the man was never called from the mat he was called to new life through Christ. 
weren't called to California. We were called to plant a church here in Surprise. But I had to deal with some roots, some hurt. Friends, you're not called to stop smoking. You're called to steward your temple, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. I had someone say, oh, I'm gonna go to church when I stop cussing. <laughs> really, they said that. Friends, you're not called to stop cussing. You're called to speak words of life, Proverbs 18, 21. We're not called to leave friends. We're called to join the family and strengthen each other, Proverbs 27, 17. And as you join the family, if God calls you away from people, praise God. But it's not really as much as what he's calling you from as what he's calling you to, to a family of God. Friends, if you don't have a family, you're missing out on God's plan. Plan A is the church. Plan B, refer to plan A. There's no plan B. We are the plan. The family of God is... Uh, it's kind of like the Sequoia Redwoods of Northern California. They reach high into the air, 367 feet high, 22 feet wide at the base, 500 tons. But did you know that the root structure of those trees go only 10 feet deep? How on earth could trees that massive, that high, that heavy, how could they withstand the the rain, the storms, the earthquakes. Well, the secret is what lies beneath the surface. It turns out the, the secret to their stability is that their roots interlock with neighboring trees. And that interlock provides the stability that allows those trees to withstand all sorts of storms, all sorts of tilling. Friends, that's the family of God. That's us. That's you and I. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I put a damper on your Mother's Day? Okay. Hey. Lean in. The storms are coming. The storms are coming. Maybe you're in a storm now. The storms are coming. The tiller is coming, but not to harm you help you, to prepare you, to solidify your root structure, to move you into a new season. It's painful, but it's absolutely necessary. You say, but Pastor John, I can't, I can't see God. I can't hear God. I want to I wanna show you something that Pastor Gary gave me. It's going to go in my office one day. Right now, I don't have an office. This is my office. But it's, it's the old saying, when you're going through something hard and wonder where God is, remember, the teacher is always quiet during a test. <laughs> so I want to encourage you. If you can't hear him, he's still there. If you can't see him, he's present in your life. He's tilling up that soil, and sometimes it hurts. But what it produces, friends, is going to change your life. It's going to transform you, just like this man was transformed. Way more than the physical, God is doing a spiritual work inside of you. It will have implications 
for your children and your children's children. Would you bow your head and just close, close your eyes just for a moment. I want to I pray. Lord, I thank you for this family. We are a family. We are imperfect, but we are a family. And we serve a mighty God. A God who tills up soil in our life even when we don't want it. We recognize, God, we need it. We recognize that you're faithful and that you are doing a great work in us. We just want to thank you, Lord, for the dirt that you stir up in our life, for the transformation that occurs, for the rebirth, for the seeds that are planted. God, I pray that we would stay planted through it all and see you in it through faith, through eyes of faith. We praise you and we thank you for what you're doing. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to know Jesus, whether you're watching online today, you want to know the tiller who loves you, who left heaven to pursue you, you want to spend the rest of your life with Jesus by making this decision, just say something like this, Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you died for me on the cross. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for being my God from this moment forward. I belong to the tiller. I love you, Jesus. And I praise you in Jesus' name. Come on, let's welcome those people into the family of God. Amen. Amen. If you made that decision uh, and you're present today, I just ask you to stop at our little uh, uh, groups counter. We have a free gift for you. And uh, also, if you need prayer, we have pastors and our prayer team are here. I know Mother's Day is a hard day for some. And I don't want to gloss that over. It's a heavy day for some. I want you to know that we feel that and we are here for you. We want to journey with you. We want to pray with you. But God loves you. Your worth, your value is in him. And he looks down on you and he smiles at you, ladies. Your sacrifice looks a whole lot like the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior. So be encouraged today. But if you need prayer, we are here. We'd love to do that with you. For the rest of us, man, let's leave celebrating what God is doing in this place. Stay planted this week. Stay planted. The storm's coming. The tiller's coming. Stay planted. Realizing that there's a treasure in the tilling. God bless you. Have a great week. We love you.